Well, sorry it took me so long to get all set up. I got myself three different beverages for the recording session. Oh, snap. What do you have over there? I've got plain old filtered water. Beautiful. So that's good stuff. Yeah. Like I just, that I told you off mic. I was going to say off camera. We're not on camera. Speaking of um, water, I'm actually really thirsty. I'm going to grab my well, water Well, fine. Go. It's not like we're recording a podcast. I am. Get your water. <laughs> Um, yeah, so filtered water is the first thing. Um, we still, still, you know, last week we told you guys that, um, we had some allergies going on and we're still like just getting over it, um, uh, which is crazy. Yeah. It's, it's pretty lame. Anyways, um, so I have a dry throat. I may, I you'll probably hear it. Finally to the point where hear. I'm not like waking up coughing because there's yeah. a tickle in my throat from all the drainage. Yeah. But they're still like gunk. <clears throat> yeah, I still, still have to clear my throat sometimes. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so, yes, water. That's that's great. That's great. I've also got tea because I wanted something warm in case my throat is giving me issues. And the um, third one isn't warm enough for you? No, it's not physically warm. It just gives you that nice warming sensation. So I've got some rum as well <laughs> um, that I'm drinking straight like a whiskey. Because this rum that I like is actually pretty similar to whiskey. It's spiced, um, right? No, it's not no. spiced. Oh. I want to try their spiced. Um, this is um, El Dorado, eight years. So it's been aged for eight years. It's a good I don't, one. Yeah, it's, oh, man, it's my favorite. Um, at the price point, I've never had like a really expensive rum before. Um, but yeah, really like it. Maybe I should have waited till the end and recorded it. <laughs> I don't know, for all you alcohol drinkers. I, I like rum the most. Maybe that makes me a wuss. I don't know. I don't care. I like it. Um, and this is my current favorite, El Dorado 8-year. Because I've, I've never spent the money on... I think they make a 20-year. But um, from the reviews that I read, because I'm that special kind of nerd, <laughs> looking online for a good alcohol, um, the 20-year, like, for the price difference, isn't that much better. Because, you know, it costs, like... I don't know. I'm just going to ballpark. I think it's like a hundred bucks. Something oh, like that. Oh, wow. I mean, it's, I could be completely off on that. I don't know, but I just know it is like much more expensive than the $20 this stuff is. It's and really so only 20. Price, I thought it was more than 20. I thought it was more towards 20, towards 30. No, the Eldorado no. eight years, only 20. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's another reason why I like it because I am a cheapskate and, uh, it's good stinking rum. Um, anyways, we don't necessarily have to talk about rum unless that's something that you want to talk about. By the way, I was... Not something I know very much about, so... I was told earlier today, uh, when you were filming the announcement video for church on Sunday, and I was told that I tend to, um, when I get excited, I tend to start off really, really loud and (laughs) go high pitched. And then I just kind of ease out until it comes to a more normal level yeah i know exactly (laughs) um unfortunately when we were recording we had um wireless mics on and um uh my good friend was listening was monitoring audio and uh so i was like i don't know what you're talking about and she was just like ow that really hurt because it was like really loud in her ears (laughs) yeah it's it's probably not going to have the same effect here on the podcast because i run this through pro tools and a couple compressors so it's probably not going to be as uh, monumentously loud when I go to a higher pitch. But, but our children um, are also sleeping. They so are sleeping. We'll see for how much longer too loud. they will. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, 
talk to me. <laughs> What's going on? Um, I mean, what did I do today? Let's see. Um, well, we have started the kids on a new schedule. Yeah, which has been pretty awesome because uh, we had the pe- pediatric sleep consultant come to our mops group last week and give us some tips on helping our kids be better sleepers. And um, so if any of you parents want those tips, some of them were uh, to make sure that it's really dark in their room when they go to sleep. So like get blackout curtains, make it super dark. Um, also using a white noise machine. Um, oh yeah, making it cool in the room and making sure they... So like all kinds of crazy colors and shapes and... Like bears and stuff jumping out of it. It has to be really cool, right? They have to have a cool room, like paint Mario in the corner of the room. That'll help them sleep. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> You're just like, okay, are you done? Are you done? How much longer are you going to go? <laughs> and um, <laughs> also... <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. Just don't even acknowledge it. Just keep going. (laughs) Um, Making sure they wake up in the morning between uh, like 6.30 and 7.30. (gasps) And which was a big thing for us because we would put the kids to bed around like 9, 9.30 and they would wake up around that time. Except for Josie. She was an early riser. But anyways, so we com- just completely changed our schedule. So now we've started putting or we started getting the kids up at 730. And then, you know, Josie takes a nap a couple hours later and, you know, just getting on the, get, bleh, getting them on a really strict like nap and bedtime schedule. So now their bedtime is 730. And, you know, just using all these little tips and it's been pretty awesome. It's kind of crazy. I always, I'm not a morning person whatsoever. And so I always thought like I dreaded the day that I would have to wake up early, start waking up early with my children, you know, cause like, cause normal children wake up around that time and my children weren't like that. Um, but it's actually been pretty awesome. Like, we get to hang out and have breakfast as a family and we get to do more stuff during the day. (laughs) (laughs) Like play outside more and yeah, I don't know. We just have more time during the day now and I feel like I can actually get more stuff done and I'm strangely more energized because of it. And we've also, we also, uh, well, we actually don't have blackout curtains. We've just, I've just been putting blankets over our windows. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but actually making it super, super dark in our room has helped us sleep better. Like more deep, more soundly during the night. Mm-hmm. And so we feel more rested in the morning. The only problem is if a fire start, like if a homeless person starts a fire in our backyard, we won't be able to know because we have blackout curtains. 
Well, if I still woke up, I wouldn't have known unless Josie had woken up in the middle of the night. You wouldn't have known about a homeless person? I wouldn't have known about that fire that you started in our backyard. <laughs> I Hey, I'm talking about a hypothetical situation here. I don't... Boy, no. No. But that's the Anywho, only drawback I see. Those are some tips for helping tips. your child sleep better. Yeah. Sleep, kids. Why are probably you do all it? like, yeah, duh, Samantha, but yeah, I for some reason I didn't know any of that stuff. We did use the white noise, but I just yeah. Well, we were we were a lot more strict with Oliver. Uh I think just with Josie we haven't been we've just been like, yeah, it's no big deal, Ollie's still awake at you know, nine o'clock and still running around, so we'll just keep him up, it doesn't matter. Um, and so Josie ended up doing the same thing, but that's, uh, not the best of ideas, but no, it's been, it's been great. I think I'm usually an early riser. I don't like sleeping. Um, I mean, I like sleeping. I do. Um, but I don't like sleeping late. I don't, it feels like it. I don't like not doing anything for an extended period of time. When I say not doing it, I mean, literally not doing anything. I, I enjoy wasting time, like playing video games and stuff, but not doing it like I don't like the fact that I have to sleep. <laughs> so, That's sad. I love sleeping. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy it. I don't enjoy the fact that my body needs it. That's all. That's weird. Anyways, but it's been nice having everyone wake up early as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so I did a Google search. El Dorado, um, they do make a, a 21-year-old rum and it's like 100 to $120 a bottle. Dang. Uh, apparently, it has very good reviews as well, but I wrote that one off because I'm not going to spend that kind of money on a bottle of alcohol. <laughs> um, the other ones, they have a 15 and a 21 year, and I, the 15 year is about twice as much as the eight year. It's about 40, 40 bucks okay. a bottle. And so that's the one that I was getting confused with. That's the one where they're like, it's good, but it's not so much better than the eight year that you, it's worth buying or it's worth twice as much. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I've only done that eight year, but I want to try the spice. Gotcha. I like spice drum and it, yeah, it's really good. I've have, I had a couple sips while you were talking. It's nice. nice. Yeah. I like it. So I voted yesterday. What? Who'd you vote for? F- well, f- for which part? <laughs> there were a lot. <laughs> Yeah, what what did you vote in for yeah. Um like well was, oh which party? No, I mean like what why why was there even voting? What were you voting for? Oh, oh gosh. There was a what, there was um Senator, there was governor, there was um a railroad commissioner. Um, yeah. What does a railroad commissioner do? I don't even know. <laughs> do we need someone to commission railroads? Know. Does anyone use railroads anymore? Why yeah. don't they just use teleportation? <laughs> um, I want to see that on the next ballot. <laughs> teleportation commissioner and railroad decommissioner. <laughs> That's what we need. Railroad decommissioner. You need to start decommissioning all these yeah, railroads. Yeah, we just have drones now. <laughs> Exactly. Amazon <laughs> delivers everything now. Um, yeah, it was the Texas primaries, primary election. Yeah, so it's not the it's not the full thing for November um, in Texas, but um, it's the primary elections. Yeah, because with all of the tumult. Oh, in was that current... still part of early voting? 
No, no, these are the primaries. So, like, you know, like presidential primaries oh, where yeah, yeah, yeah. there are like 16 different candidates and they have to whittle it down to one. Th- that's kind of what this was. But, it, but for Texas. Yeah, yeah. And it gives you an idea of like who's going to come out in November to actually do the voting. Because one of the things this year, um, and one of the reasons I really wanted to vote, I mean, I, I, I know that I should in general. <laughs> Local elections are important. Um, I just forget about them most of the time. Well, I'm just, I'm not, I'm really bad at being informed about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. The, the sad thing is that I do think it's important. I just don't, my actions Act don't like show it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's oh, oh, so the big thing about the, these primaries is that um, there have been a lot of Democratic candidates who are, are, have been getting a lot of support simply because, so if you don't know, if you're not from Texas, Texas is a red state. Um, we're pretty conservative here. We live in Austin, Texas, which is the most liberal out of the entire state. Like it doesn't, yeah. it's very different. Um, you know, we have UT, we have lots of businesses here. Um, the tech industry is big here in Austin. So we have a lot of people moving to Austin. Um, you know, the flack, lots of people get flack because they're from California coming to Austin whatever anyways we like we are the liberal hub of the entire state but the rest of the state for the most part is pretty conservative yeah so um that we've had some liberal candidates gain a lot of traction specifically because our president there's lots of people who don't like our president go figure um so they're kind of like down with his policies you know we we need to rise up and and change the way that texas looks so the early voting period last week, um, there was a lot of hubbub because um, there there were a lot of Democrats that came out. Like, I think it was up like 40% of, of votes. Votes were like an additional 40% hmm. from uh, the previous primaries, like mm-hmm. two, four years ago. I think four years ago. I don't yeah. know. Um, so, they, I mean, they've been getting a big push. Um, so I was kind of like, well, yeah, I really need to get out and vote because... Uh, I would hate to see Texas turn blue. Not yeah. that I'm a Republican, just that I am right. Anti-liberal. I always feel <laughs> weird when they ask me which party I'm voting right. under yeah. because I'm like, yeah. well, I'm not a Democrat, but I'm also not a Republican either. Yeah. Like, but I'm gonna vote for a Republican because <laughs> because I'm pro-life, and exactly. that's my biggest, yeah, exactly. So, issue. Um, yeah. Once we, I, I don't know. Have we explained that? I don't what? know. Um, I, I, I can't remember if we had in the past with on the podcast. I think so. But regardless, so, um, explain what, well, just our, our issues with, with voting. Um, so, uh, well, I'll, I'll just explain it right now is that, um, we're not what you would call a one issue voter. It's not like if you're pro-life, we're going to vote for you. Like that's not the only issue that matters. But I do see it as a litmus test, and I will not vote for someone who is not pro-life. Yeah, exactly. Um, I believe at the that the core of everything in politics, um, I, I believe that the government is for it's created for the protection of its citizens. Like that is its yeah. one job. <laughs> I'm a libertarian. Can you tell? Yeah. Um, but and well, so and when there's a proposition asking. Like, wait, well, how is it worded is if uh, if you want abortion to be abolished in the state of Texas, 
Yeah, the proposition was it was on the ballot, mm-hmm. and you either vote for or against. And it was, I believe that Texas should abolish, abolish abortion. abortion. Yeah, either vote yes or no. And I'm like, that uh, was like my yes. favorite <laughs> voting experience. Exactly. Ever. Like I felt great <laughs> yes. walking out of the polling place. And I'm again, I'm not even a Republican, but voting for that, I was just like that. Yeah, was awesome because that's where it starts. Like, and that's why I'm saying local that elections and are the important. less regulation for homeschooling. I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah, that may have some other some other issues with it as well but regardless um yeah anyway so politics right we always talk about politics this is what just what we do at the start of the show <laughs> right how's the politics going it's politics are good yeah texas politics um okay <laughs> but yeah that's why I, well but that is my litmus test if if you as a leader of our country are not willing to protect our most innocent citizens vulnerable our most vulnerable citizens uh, i don't think you should be in a place of leadership and so Amen. i will not vote for someone who um who is pro-choice who who thinks that we should continue to um, murder children yeah exactly yeah. so it's not the only issue but it is like the the first issue like whether yeah. whether i can even vote for you um so Anyways, that's fun. So you voted? You voted this <laughs> I week? I did. <laughs> yes. Cool. I voted too. It, it was, was nice. really cute. I took the kids with me. Yeah. Um, which I was Okay, so I was like, I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna do this. I don't care if it's hard. Like having the kids with me, I'm gonna go vote. But it was awesome. Like I just had I had Josie and the Ergo like on me and she was just, you know, Hanging out, looking around, smiling Literally at people, hanging. kicking her legs. And uh, Oliver did a great job. He was quiet. He stayed next to me. I did have snacks for them, so that helped. <laughs> that <Nice>. helped a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, he stayed right next to me, and he was just really well-behaved and, you know, would say hi to people and was really polite. And people were just, like, really taken with him and thought they were adorable of course because they are <laughs> and it was just an overall good experience that's cool and it was funny one of the ladies um who was like running the is that called re- is it called registration i don't even know check-in i don't know <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know i know those are called polling places in right, general but, but i don't know I don't what know the, the people specific, are called yeah. yeah um but she just she she gave Oliver like three I voted stickers. Nice, <laughs> it's really funny stickers. <laughs> it's got a Texas star on it. That's cool. But when oh sorry yeah no it was just it was a good experience. That's awesome. It was a lot better, much much better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. And I, Ollie got a donut out of it. Hey so well behaved. Donuts, that's pretty sweet. When I uh, when I went through all that because you know you have to like. Give papers and check stuff for like three different people before you actually go to the to cast your ballot. Yeah. And the third person like, you know, saw my my information, double checked everything. And he was like, OK, you're good to go. You can take it from here. Vote against them rascals. And I was just like, oh, that's so cute because <laughs> he was this older gentleman. Um, and I just thought it was really funny because because we live in Austin, I assume that most people do not vote. 
uh, the way that I vote. (laughs) (laughs) I assume most people are more liberal than I am. So I think he was just happy to see someone like (laughs) voting against that. Although I did think it was funny because it's like, I'm not voting against that. I'm I'm voting for something like there's different regard. It doesn't matter. Semantics don't matter. (laughs) I just thought it was cute. That's all. Okay. I'm just saying it was cute. (laughs) Okay, cool. We're done. All right, done with politics. Next topic, for the yeah. Night. <laughs> no more politics. No more kids. I mean, we, dude, we wrapped it both up. We we did kids in talking about sleeping. Then we talked about politics, and then we talked about kids in politics. Uh, we should talk about kid president next. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. See, I did it again. That kid is super cute, though. Yeah, he is. Um. So, what have you been up to besides voting? Oh man, well. Uh, I did it again. I did it again. My voice went what all high and do? I got loud. Oh, oh okay. Um, Sorry. I haven't now even, I'm just I'm so aware. used to you doing that that I don't even like, it doesn't you even register. You just talk that way. It's not a big deal. <laughs> you just do it. Um, you, have you had a little bit too much of that rum? I've thing? had like three sips. <laughs> calm down. Jeez. Uh, I'm Woman. not the one who needs to calm down. Calling me out on my own podcast here. <laughs> Golly, I'm going to turn bright red. Oh, that's okay. I give you so much crap. You you should probably give me more crap. You don't turn red when you're embarrassed. Yeah, that's true. I don't. <laughs> it's not like it's not like Josie. She turns red because she is white. Oh I yeah. Oh my goodness. She's she's very very white. Yes. But she's Mexican. She always will Quarter be. Quarter Mexican. Okay. Anyways, next topic. Um, how's my week? My week has been good. Um, yeah. So that'll segue into what one of the things that I wanted to mention um, that I can't go into much detail on. But this Intrigue. week, I went to the movies. Yay! Oh, and I saw right. a little movie called Annihilation. Can you please stop doing that? Oh, sorry. I'll try. <laughs> it's just kind of loud. <laughs> Super loud. Okay. I need to. I need to just bring it down. Okay. <laughs> So I saw this movie, guys. It's called Annihilation, starring Natalie Portman. And I really liked it. Okay, that's kind of weird. That's not, I don't really talk like that most of the time. Yeah, I was just talking about the clicking. I know. I I was just giving you grief into a microphone. Um, So Annihilation is a science fiction movie. Uh, is directed by the same guy who did Ex Machina, which I think was a really good movie, maybe slightly overblown, um, and I could do without all the nudity, unfortunately. Um, in Ex Machina, you just gave me oh, a weird, I'm sorry. a weird face. Not yes. talking about Annihilation. Sorry. I'm talking about Ex Machina. There was uh, in Annihilation yeah. the nudity meter. You saw um, the you saw Natalie Portman's back for one scene. That was it. That was all. Um, it, I mean, like, it was a sex scene, but that's all that, that you saw on screen. So um, I, you know, like, my preference would be, yeah, don't even show that. You can still, you know, um, you can still... You can allude. Right, right. Allude to to those things occurring without showing it. But it was tastefully done. Um, and I was very thankful because most movies don't do that. Yeah, yeah, it was rated R. It was rated R. Um, so anyways, this movie, yeah, sci-fi movie. It's kind of a sci-fi horror movie. The way that I described it to my little sister is that it is basically like if you took 
the first Alien movie by Ridley Scott, and you rewrote it completely to be an episode of Black Mirror. That's what this movie would be. Um, because it's got these horror elements, but at its heart, it's a sci-fi movie. And um, it's really... What the movie is about is not necessarily what is going on throughout most of the movie, if that makes any sense. Well, I feel like a lot of old or like really good sci-fi movies take, um, and, and I think Black Mirror to a certain extent does this as well, they take concepts and they put their characters in worlds where these concepts, these science fiction concepts can actually exist but the core of what the story is trying to say is universal. So it's it, so you have all this crazy tech, but the movie isn't about tech. The movie is really about um, something deeper. It's about like humanity in some way. And so, and they just use the tech to tell that specific story or show these certain things about humanity. And I feel that that's what this movie did really well. Um, I had, I hadn't heard much about the movie going into it. And so I'm not going to describe what happens in the movie. I think you should go into seeing the movie blind. Um, but if you're, if that sounds interesting, sci-fi horror, I was um, going to make a dumb joke like you do, but I decided not to. Oh, why is, why is that? Why, why I didn't? Yeah. Oh, cause I felt like too much time had already passed. Oh, okay. You're just like, okay, wrap it up, dude. You're done. Well, no, like I had thought about oh. the joke but i thought about it for too long gotcha like, mm. timing was yeah. off yeah okay you said you should go into it blind and i was gonna mm-hmm. be like but how can they see it if they're blind that's true movies don't come in braille what was that i was oh i was hanging out at work with some guys and we were talking about on stage banter at shows um with you know musicians how they talk in between songs and, I, and uh, we were just talking and someone had said something about being blind. And I was like, that would be hilarious if like in between songs, you were just like, this next song is in Braille. And you just played your next song. Be really funny. Would it though? It'd be hilarious, actually. That's my kind of humor. <laughs> the real dry, like stupid, like, what is this dude on? How much rum has this kid drink? <laughs> So anyways, um, yeah, if, if you're down with horror, sci-fi, um, I had heard that the movie, it was kind of like heady and difficult to follow. I don't think it was difficult to follow in terms of the plot. Um, I will say that it took me a while to kind of fully understand it. Like I was picking up on a lot of the themes throughout the movie, um, but it, w- after it ended, I was kind of like, I didn't have it all together. I was like 80% of the way there. And so then I went and read some reviews and watched some reviews and, and read like what other people were saying about it, entered into some conversation in different groups about it. And that kind of solidified some of the stuff that I didn't pick up on and, and solidified my thoughts on it. So it, it is kind of cerebral, cerebral, can't say that word. Um, it's going to take some thinking, but it's not too difficult. Like some people were comparing it to 2001, a space odyssey. I did not like the movie at all. That was super boring. movie. Yeah. I slept through that movie. Most Twice. of it. Um, but also, also that movie's just we- like monolith coming down around a bunch of apes with some like big string swells as the start of your movie. And then at the very end, there's a giant baby with a monolith. Like that was just freaking weird. 
this movie gets weird, I must have but it's not slept that, through that weird. Part. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, the ending is just like, what? <laughs> what just happened? And this isn't quite Well, when you that. sleep through half of it and then you wake up at That's that true. part. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, you could probably lose a little bit of the, of the movie if you, if you don't actually watch the movie. If you only see the beginning and the end, you might not get going on so yeah maybe that's the case um but anyways i would highly recommend annihilation it is not doing very well in theaters so if you want to see it i would say go see it now before it gets pulled because it is definitely worth watching if you're in the mood for a heady sci-fi horror movie so good so good heady sci-fi horror yeah man you're not a man you're a woman i know that I know that. We also watched another movie last night called Taxi Driver. Oh, yeah. What did you think of Taxi Driver? This is the Scorsese 76 movie starring Robert De Niro. What'd you think? Um, I thought, okay, sorry. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. Trying to think about what you thought. Well, because I don't think it was a bad movie by any means. Um, But I wouldn't really say I enjoyed it very much. Okay. I I, I was just, the whole time I was trying to figure out why he was doing what he was doing. Yeah. And I couldn't really come to an understanding of why. And so I was like, oh, this is pointless. And... I don't like movies that seem pointless. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's true. I don't really like them either. So, like, I'm doing what the other voice thing again? What other movie did I feel that way about? Was that Pulp Fiction? Oh yeah. I was like, this is pointless. There's no point to this movie. I don't like it. <laughs> um, that being said, though, um, I thought that the acting was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just yeah felt like there was yeah no point 12 year old Jodie Foster oh my goodness man. it's crazy it was crazy playing a prostitute which is really sad yeah it was icky but yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say she plays a really good pro- I shouldn't even say like I don't even want that sentence to come out of my mouth she as a 12 year old actress she is extremely believable um, and most 12 year old kids aren't just turn on the Disney channel <laughs> yeah, you'll see it, how 12 year olds yeah. act <laughs> it's just sad oh. yeah um, so I yeah I I think that the movie is actually for film nerds if that makes sense don't take huh. any offense in that because um, we watched it last night and there were some things that I, I liked about it, but yeah, I agree. It was kind of unsatisfying. Like I wasn't, what it was is that I didn't know what the movie was trying to do. Um, I didn't like the main character. I was interested in what he was doing, but he was so, um, he was making so many bad decisions. He right. was not likable at all. Mm-hmm. Like he was a dirtbag, And so I'm kind of like, I want to see where this is going because I really don't like this guy. Yeah. 
Um, and the whole movie's told from his perspective. So it's like, what, what, what are you trying to do with this movie? And then it all seems to kind of work out for him in the end. So I'm just like, what, what just happened? Like I, mm. I didn't, I didn't understand it. That said, I have watched a few like video essays on YouTube about the movie and I'm starting to understand it more. Hmm. And there's a lot that went into this movie, like camera angles and different shots and, and different parallels and things that I didn't pick up on while I was watching the movie, um, simply because I'm not a film nerd. I like movies. You know, I talk about movies all the time on the podcast, but um, I, I didn't pick up on a lot of that, and I didn't pick up on a lot of kind of the themes of the movie. So um, before going any further, um, if you're interested in in watching the movie, um, again, it's, it's hard to recommend because I didn't quite understand it. And even now that I do feel like I have an understanding of the movie, um, I get why people really like it. I think it's a it's it's a good piece of art in film. Um, but again, I I wouldn't necessarily recommend it unless unless you're into film. Unless you're like, you need to see it because it's one of the greatest films ever made and you want right. to see why, then yeah, go ahead and watch it. I just wouldn't expect too much from like the plot necessarily. So that being said, um, I would like to recommend a, a couple videos. It's it's funny. It's an analysis of the movie. It's about uh, an hour long. <laughs> it's two oh, wow. parts and they're like 30 minutes each. But he goes through the movie and talks about a lot of um, a lot of things in the movie, the an analysis of the characters in the movie, and his analysis lined up for me much more than anyone else's. Like there was another video essay that talked about the main character as a likable antihero, and I'm just like, no, I hated this guy the entire time. He's not an antihero. Like he was a loser. Like he was a jerk, and he was yeah. a loser, and I I didn't like anything about him. He was dirty. Yeah, and and so this analysis is much more like basically talking about how the movie was about kind of someone not necessarily going insane, but someone um, being a walking contradiction and being depressed and lonely and not wanting to get out of it. Like never making an effort to do anything about it right? and actually making an effort to wallow in it which is really interesting. I didn't pick it up while I was watching it, but now that I see it through that lens, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. His decisions were actually to make himself feel worse and to justify going on a killing spree, basically. So um, the the if, if you just search YouTube, whatever, the channel is Channel Chriswell. Um, he's got this analysis of Taxi Driver. So I'd highly recommend that simply to understand the movie. If you're interested in the movie... Uh, but now that we've talked about a movie that we can't recommend for 10 minutes, uh, <laughs> let's let's move on. Unless you had anything else you want to say about the movie. I just feel like nah. I'm dragging on because I don't feel like anyone's going to relate to that. <laughs> it's just something that I saw. But, I mean, it was worth a watch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one of those critically acclaimed movies. Yeah. Um, and like you said, the performances are really good. Robert De Niro as like a 20-something um it's yeah, it was crazy. it was it was entertaining enough just to see all these people as young as they were. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, it was well done. Like you could tell there was a lot of thought that went into it. It's just like I don't know what they're doing <laughs> while it was happening. Um, so yeah, taxi driver. Yep. 
it was not at all what I expected it to be. Yeah. And even Scorsese being in the movie himself. Yeah. So young. Right. Right. Yeah. I didn't even know. I did not even recognize him. So. Yeah. The Saxon character. Wow. I completely butchered that sentence. (laughs) That's taxi driver. It's not that difficult to say. Mini driver. Um, All right. So. Mini driver. (laughs) What? It sounded like Why you would said you Mickey Driver. Mickey Driver. Come on. What? Mickey Rourke. What? <laughs> so, talk to me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what did you want to talk about tonight? You had a topic that you wanted to talk about. Sorry, you just Perfect reminded segue. me of the Parks and Rep, Parks and Rec episode. Parks where... and Rep? Are you drunk? Yes. Jeez. Parks and Rec episode where... It's Leslie and Ron's mom and um, his first ex-wife, Tammy, drinking the, what is it called? Moonshine? Well, yeah, but they call it, they call it Swan, the Swanson family. Mash. Mash, yeah. yeah. And what is she's, 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 she says an actress's name, but I can't remember because she goes down. Glenn Close. There you go. <laughs> Marvin Close. Glenn Close. <laughs> Not even Close. Glenn Close. <laughs> anyway. Do I sound just, that far gone? I no, seriously no. have not drank very no, much. No, it was just because you were you were doing that. You were just yeah. saying random like yeah, that's people. True. And I was anyway. holding. And you were holding bottle. rum. <laughs> so, yeah. I get it. I get it now. Yeah. Makes thanks. Sense. Thanks. <clears throat> okay, so I did have a topic. Yep. Um, and I wanted to talk about, or want to talk about, limited atonement. Dun dun dun. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about limited atonement because it seems to be one of those things in Calvinism that people have a really hard time getting past or accepting. Yep. And so I want to try and simply explain it if I can. Um, but to preface it a little bit, um, I want to set aside uh, some biases. So I think Calvinists tend to be painted as people who worship the just or righteous side of God. Um, and I'm putting side into quotations and I'll explain why in just a minute. Um, And Arminians tend to be painted as people, excuse me, who just worship the loving side, in quotations again, of God. Um, So I'm using the quotations around side because God doesn't have a just side, a righteous side, or a loving side. Mm -hmm. He is just, righteous, holy, and loving, Mm -hmm. all at the same time, all the time. Yeah. Um he is all of these things and therefore can't be devoid of any of them at any time. Does that make sense? Uh so anything he does is just and righteous and holy and loving. Mhm. Uh I want to get into limited atonement now. Uh so the way I came to understand this point and accept it was thinking about the fact that not everyone goes to heaven. 
right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not universalists. We don't believe that everyone goes to heaven. Right. Um, we're not all dogs. <coughs> what? We're not all dogs. <coughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? All, all dogs, dogs go to heaven. heaven. <laughs> um, Sorry, that was bad. Yeah. Yeah, we don't believe that everyone goes to heaven because the Bible teaches that there is a hell and that people will burn in it for eternity. Um, so with that foundational, traditional, and biblical understanding, logically, the conclusion has to be that the atonement is limited and limited to only God's people or those of the faith. If it wasn't limited, then that would mean that everyone would be covered by Christ's righteousness and everyone would be going to heaven, but that's not what scripture teaches. And because God is just, holy, and righteous, sin has to be punished, and scripture says that that punishment is eternal death and separation from him, and it's only because he is also love that some won't receive that punishment. And that's one of the things that makes the atonement so beautiful. It's a time where you get to see clearly all those attributes of God at work at the same time, because... Christ dying on the cross was the only way to save his people. God had to come in the flesh and die to appease his own wrath because he's the only one that could. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. Like, I agree. Um, I think that a lot of people have a hang up with, and I say a lot of people, like if, um, for anyone who's kind of looked into Calvinism, Arminianism, like the two the two main views of like theology, I guess of soteriology. Um, this is the, the one area of Calvinism that people have issues with. Like, even if they agree with the other, well, that and irresistible grace, I think is another one that people seem to be kind of hung up on. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But if you, if you hear of someone like someone who would even agree with some of Calvinism, you'll hear you'll hear this term like a four point Calvinist. Right. Right. So, so there are the five points of Calvinism. We can get into, into semantics of how those were brought about because it's not actually the only points that Calvinists believe. And it's actually, it was Arminians who said that this is where they disagree. And so Calvinists had to defend it. Anyways, it wasn't even like Calvin didn't even lay out these points if that makes as sense. As points, right, right. Yeah. right. yeah, no, these were yeah. issues that his opponents had with his theology. Right. Um, but, I mean, this is this, these are like the five main differences between um, Calvinism and Arminianism. And even if someone agrees with four of them, usually the one that's left out is limited atonement. Mm-hmm. Because what you're saying then is that not everyone can go to heaven, Right. We all, like you said, we all believe that not everyone does go to heaven. Right. But a lot of people believe that everyone can go to heaven. Everyone has the chance, the ability to go to heaven. And so when you're saying that, no, it's actually limited to only the people that Christ died for, then a lot of people take issue with that. Because then then from there, it becomes like, okay, well, if it's only the people that, that... Jesus died for like if he only died for a select few then how is that just that he could even that he could even offer um 
salvation to anyone else, like present the gospel to anyone else. And it, it brings up a host of other questions about man's responsibility. Mm-hmm. If man never could, was never enabled to choose God, then how can he be held responsible for his sin? Right. Um, things like that. So I, I don't know if we want to necessarily tackle all of that. But to, to back up your point, I mean, I think the the main area of of where where the crux of limited atonement what it is is that is the death of jesus Mm -hmm. the question for whom did christ die right so i grew up in a church that was not uh calvinist so if if you would have asked me growing up who did jesus die for i'd say well everyone you know jesus died for the sins of the whole world that's that's the bible Mm -hmm. um now, I mean, I, I would take issue with what is meant in that passage by the whole world. So because when you really step back and think about it, well, if Jesus died for every single person, if his blood was shed and covered the sin of every single person, then why would God ever punish anyone? Right. Right. So if Jesus, if you think about. No one would go to hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So again, the, 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 the there term would is, need to be a hell. Yeah. Limited atonement. So the atone, if Jesus atoned for everyone's sin, then God punishing someone else for that sin would be a double punishment and it would waste what Jesus did at the cross. It would effectively like waste his blood on those people for whom he actually died, but they're not going to heaven. They're going to hell. Right. So like, those are the two options that you're presented with. If you don't believe that atonement was limited, right? Either option one, everyone goes to heaven Mm -hmm. because Jesus died for everyone or option two, Jesus didn't die. He died for everyone, but it wasn't effective for everyone. Therefore Jesus actually failed for everyone who isn't going to heaven. Um, and that is a very dangerous position. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe Jesus ever failed at anything. Right. <laughs> to this day. Um, so, so then you get into the issues of, of limited atonement. So how is it limited? And, and I get it. I get that um, it's difficult to believe that God has specific people that he's chosen, that he knows that are going to heaven and other people who are not. Right. Um, it seems mean. Yeah. But I mean, like I said earlier, if you understand that God is, he is just and he is righteous and he is loving all the time mm-hmm. in everything that he does, then you can accept that. You, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> sorry, I keep having to clear my throat. Then it's not as hard to accept limited atonement because he is just in punishing those people for their sins. Mm-hmm. Right. Because scripture says that the wages of sin is death Mm -hmm. eternal separation from him yeah yeah and and at this point it kind of becomes more of a conversation of is is it true or is it just what you want to believe 
Now, I, I don't mean to overstep my boundaries here, but again, like we've laid out kind of your your options here, right? Your options are either either if if it's unlimited atonement, if there's no limit to who Jesus, if Jesus actually died for everyone, then either he failed or everyone's going to heaven. Um, then you start looking into the alternative. I mean, at that point, then you would believe in some form of limited atonement, right? Right. I mean, that Jesus only died for certain people. Um, and and here is where, um, throwing out some more theological terms, here's where I would say that we are what's called compatibilists. So um, you've got your your Calvinists, you know, your big group of people who are Calvinists, and then a small section, hopefully small, hopefully small section <laughs> of people who are hyper-Calvinists yeah. who would say that, well, because atonement is limited to only a select few people, then we don't have to share the gospel because those select few people are going to be saved. Like God's going to use, uh, God's going to sovereignly save them no yeah. matter what we do. It doesn't because matter. Because we believe that this part of scripture is true. We're going to disregard some other parts of scripture yeah. that say that we need to go out and make disciples. Right. Right. And that, yeah. The, <coughs> I mean, Sorry, you couldn't hear my eye roll. <laughs> the beginning of, of, the church in the new testament in acts jesus says that they're or um yeah yeah it was jesus they you're going to go out to the world to all the ends of the earth you know judea samaria and to the ends of the earth you'll take the gospel um you know we have purpose as the church to go and proclaim the gospel and to um preach the good news so that's why i say that hyper calvinism hopefully is a very small sect um Unfortunately, they seem to be kind of vocal, and they give the rest of us a bad image of, of what Calvinism is. Yeah. So uh, back to what I was saying, the term that I use is compatibilist, um, and I've kind of made mention to it in the past. We do believe that man makes choices. Yeah. We do believe in a will that man has. Mm-hmm. Um, if we and, didn't have it, there wouldn't be the fall. Right. <laughs> well, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that shows us our will, right? Mm-hmm. Automatically sin. Um, but so we do believe that we make true choices because if we didn't make choices, then God would be unjust to punish us. Mm-hmm. If we were robots, say say you program, uh, you program a watch to have sixty seconds in a minute, okay, and then you start counting your days by sixty-one seconds in a minute. Well, you can't just say that the watch is broken because it only does 60 seconds. No, you programmed it that way. Like that's it's not the watch's fault that it's working exactly the way that you programmed it. Mm-hmm. But we're not watches. <laughs> um we right. we weren't just wound up and, and God then, doesn't change his mind. Yeah. Uh so so we do make choices and we are held accountable for our decisions. And so there are some of us that will um choose to uh to love god and others that will choose not to now our ability to choose is something different right um god needs to regenerate the dead heart before we can even choose right um but our choice is significant if we haven't chosen Mm -hmm. then it's we're not going to be saved and it Um, seems paradoxical 
Right. But that's just because of our limited, finite understanding right. of God. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was reminded, um, I don't remember what it was that I was listening to or reading or something like that. I was reminded this week, actually, it's funny you bring that up, about how um, limitless God is and how we cannot contain even a small portion of who he is and how God needs to talk down to us in everything that he says. Yeah. Like, uh, this is a stupid analogy, so forgive me, but I can't think of anything else. You know, we don't know... God's thumb, you know, in, in the entirety of all that God is, we barely know anything about him. What we do know about him that he's revealed gives us enough knowledge to have salvation and to see how glorious and wonderful and loving and just and Mm -hmm. holy he is. But we're going to spend all eternity learning more about God because there is so little about him that we can possibly know right. this side of heaven. Um, so we can't expect to understand everything about God. And that's another thing, a uh, little uh, rabbit trail real quick, is that if anyone tells you, if any Calvinist tells you that he knows exactly what God you know, is going to do or he has all knowledge about God, like, stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> you, can't, you can't know. You can't, even if you know everything there is to know in the scripture, which I don't think anyone does. No, um, You still don't know. I mean, Jesus, um, it says in the scripture that he considered equality with God uh, something, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. And Jesus was God. <laughs> Jesus is God. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I'm saying Jesus in the flesh was still God. Right. He was in the flesh. And he humbled himself so that he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. Um, but even God in the flesh, I mean, it, it's, th- that already like bends my mind to places that it can't go. Right. Um, so, so to think that we can understand everything there is to, to know about God is dumb. Um, and so there's always going to be a mystery about God. There's always going to be parts of him that we can't fully understand this right. side of heaven. The Trinity? Right, right. <laughs> you can understand the concept. Right. But we have no analogy to multiple persons in a single being. Right. We don't. But that's what scripture plainly teaches. Mm-hmm. And so we believe it. We take it on faith that God is who he says he is. Yeah. Because God is not a liar. <laughs> exactly. Um. So... Anyways, I feel like I've kind of run around in circles a little bit here. <laughs> um, but just, yeah, like you said, there there are things that we can't understand. I mean, it is a mystery. Mm-hmm. We can't logically put all of this together with our finite brains. Um, it does not contradict itself. Okay, right. Human Human will and God's sovereignty don't contradict, but... God's sovereignty is greater than any human's will. Right. God sovereignly controls human's will. Um, but it is real. Our will makes us culpable for what we do. We right. make real decisions. Um, yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's my 20 minutes of clarifying thoughts <laughs> um, on limited atonement. Yeah. And I get, yeah, I just, I get it that people get hung up on it. 
because it's difficult to right well it it makes to to some people it makes god seem unloving but that's mm-hmm. that's only because we have such a finite view of love like we don't have god's understanding of what love is right so but we do know that scripture says that he is love mm-hmm. and that he is just and that he is righteous, that he is holy, that he is all of these things. So therefore, people going to hell is part of his love, but it, we just can't really understand that mm-hmm. because we don't have the full understanding of what God's love is. Right, and and I would say that God is doing so much more than we can understand. Well, right. So yeah. when you flatten His will into one specific thing, mm-hmm. um, I mean that you're already starting off with a faulty premise. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're reading in Job. We see that Job couldn't see what God was doing, but he was doing so much through. I mean, what God did with Job has spoken to Christians, to Jews and Christians throughout all of human history. <laughs> Job had no even category for that. Right. That God was doing all that through his life. Um, so we can't say, when, when we flatten it to, well, God sends someone to hell, that's so, uh, you're not considering the millions, the billions of other things that God is doing through that person. Um, I'm reminded of, of, of Jesus in John where, um, you know, the, the Pharisees came to him and asked about, uh, the blind man. Well, who sinned the blind man or his parents? Right. And Jesus said, no one sinned. Or it's this... not because of anyone's sin. Right. Right. Yeah. Not that no one's sinned. Of course they <laughs> sinned. Um, it's, it's not because of their sin that he was made blind. It's so that God would be glorified. glorified yeah. Who would have, who would have answered that? Mm-hmm. Who would have understood blindness to be for God's glory. Right. Um, so I, I don't understand. I don't understand why God would, I, I understand why he would punish people for their sins. Right. I understand why he would punish me. He would have every right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. To punish me for my sin. Um, even as a believer, I sin. Yeah. And it grieves him. Um, so I, I understand that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's an incredible his grace and mercy and love is so incredible that there are some who are going to heaven. Right. Right. I mean it well it's it's amazing that we take for granted that sin doesn't just immediately send us to hell. Right. When we sin against an almighty creator who has given us this world, given us dominion over the things in this world, has blessed us so highly, and our hearts are wicked. And right. our every thought goes against mm-hmm. him. Yeah, we see and, through a glass dimly. Yeah, yeah. we want to be just like <laughs> Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are of your father the devil. We want to be just like Satan. We want to say, no, we're better than you, God. We know right. better than you. Um, and we live out our days like that. Like, why doesn't God immediately punish everyone insubordinate to him? Because he loves us. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing that we can even draw another breath, much less that we're saved from damnation. Amen. So... Hopefully that helps if <laughs> if anyone's been like wrestling with limited atonement. Yeah. Um it's not easy, but it's good. It is good. Yeah. God is good. Yeah, he is. All the time. And all the time. God is good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know, you sounded like you were in a gospel church, so why not? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right you have any recommendations for the lovely peoples um i do i do i am um, i've been listening to excuse me pilgrim theology by michael horton nice on hoopla um and it's awesome. So we went through that um that core Christianity uh curriculum. Curriculum, yeah. Yeah. Um and it's basically that, but like ten times deeper and more detailed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's it's pretty well. And, the, and my understanding is that Pilgrim theology is like uh, a condensed version of his systematic theology, right. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then so. yeah, core Christianity is like an incredibly simplified version yeah. of Pilgrim theology. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Michael Horton, and he's super smart, dude. Yeah, he is. Super, super smart dude. Yeah, and and he's he's relatable too. Like, yeah, he, he's he's a personable guy, which is, is pretty awesome. Um, and he's very nice. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean to get on a high horse here. I think that's what good theology does to a person. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. When it's practiced in its proper place, mm-hmm. which is like with other Christians, mm-hmm. not as a hermit. <laughs> railing yeah. against everyone who well, disagrees with you it's because i also listen to white horse in and mm-hmm. his his podcast and just listening to him talk about theology it it's awesome because you just you can just hear it in his voice how happy it makes him yeah like how how much joy he gets from the lord yes mm-hmm. i love it yeah good stuff pilgrim theology mike horton white horse in yeah good stuff good stuff awesome um i don't have any other recommendations just just the rum (laughs) go see oh yeah the rum go see annihilation oh yeah go check out that channel that i said earlier if you want to learn about taxi driver um yeah that's it for me anything else Why do you always bring him up? I don't listen to him. I don't know any of his songs. He's my fave. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently. The Powerball. (laughs) Anyways. I just want to see the Powerball. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. We done? We're done. We're done. All right, guys. Um, if you want to talk to us. You're done. You're done. You're never working this down again. You talking to me? Uh, you talking to me? No one else is here. <laughs> I'm talking to you. Okay. Okay. So talk to me. <laughs> I did. I talked to you for like an hour. Yeah, that's true. Good job. <laughs> man, oh man. Uh, yeah, no, you can catch us on Twitter. Our handle is at so underscore talk to me, or you can email us. So talk to me podcast at gmail.com. So till next time, go have a conversation with your spouse, with your spouse or with someone else. Go ask your spouse what they think of limited atonement. If they even know what that is. Yeah. Talk about it. And then be like, hey. See what happens. I listened to this podcast about limited atonement. You should listen to it. It's pretty interesting. Pretty cool. They have some pretty awesome sounding voices. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm not, guys. Like, I'm seriously not even feeling wrong. He's he's not drunk. (laughs) Not drunk. You would know if I were drunk. I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. Till next time. Bye. Okay. Bye.